Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia, the podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia from Diochis to Yazdegerd III. I'm Serial and my pronouns are they them. And I'm Umberto and my pronouns are he him. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 36, which is Artabanus I. A name we haven't had so far, but we will have a few of, depending on your definition of a few, but we'll see. And we get to figure out what happens after, well, Frati's died in battle and right. things are weird. What's going on now? Uh, oh, are things, oh are we God, going yeah. to be okay? <laughs> oh yeah, we ended up at a very weird time last episode, I just remembered. Okay, yeah. well, because, wait, did Frati's have heirs? I think we mentioned that he didn't. Or he, well, he worried about it, but then it's like, oh, but is it a monarchy where you get to choose your successor? Yeah. Also, he's like in his early 20s. So even if he oh. had children, they weren't yeah, yeah, yeah. of an age to rule. Oh, so. I didn't realize he died so early. Yeah. Because he needed a regent to rule at first. And then mm. he had like five years of reign. So, I see. Yeah. You know, early 20s, late teens. That's when he was. So oh, What a shame. Yeah. He was a promising kid. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Truly. Now I'm like even more sad about it. <laughs> yeah. Could have worked out better. Okay, so who is Artabanus and Artabanus, and where does he yes. come from, and why is he here? Okay, so let's start with a brief recap of Frates, so everybody's yeah. up to speed since it's been a week. He was the son of Mithridates I. He became king, needed a regent at first, spent some time consolidating the empire, dealing with Demetrius, who was just being a nuisance. Yep, just annoying. Yeah, just there. Then we had Demetrius's brother Antiochus VII invade the Parthian Empire, try and retake it, won a few early victories, but in the end, Phraates managed to defeat him, kill the Seleucid king, and end any ambitions they had on the east. And at the same time, Demetrius ran away. Because, you know, Demetrius. Yeah. Well, then Phraates was trying to take over Syria and, you know, make himself ruler there, but unfortunately for us, he received news that Nomads in the east were acting up, there were raids he needed to deal with, so off he went. And while he was heading off east, he found out that in the west, the kingdom of Karakine had taken over all of Mesopotamia, not just the mouth of the Tigris and the Euphrates, and now they were threatening Parthian hegemony there. So Phraates sent some soldiers off to the west to try and retake Mesopotamia while he was in the east dealing with the nomads, but unfortunately he was deserted by his Greek soldiers and mm, ended up yeah. killed in battle. This was very sad. So, yeah, that's what happened. And now, well, the responsibility falls to Artabanus I. Who is he? Well, first of all, it's complicated. Of course. <laughs> because, okay, we're told by one of our historians, Justin, that Artabanus was an uncle of Phraates, and that means that he was a brother of Mithridates I. So, okay, that's relatively straightforward that could happen why not mm -hmm. the problem is that coins are being weird and messy oh hmm. yes because what happens is that if we look at the timeline of coins there are a series of coins okay frates 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 good then afterwards there are coins of a certain king which is identified as artabanus but in the middle there's someone else who huh? looks like an old dude and is not really fitting in any timelines. And who are you? What are you doing here? Who's this guy? Yes. Okay. 
so originally it was thought that, I mean, originally, in the past, it was thought that this middle ruler was the brother of Mithridates I, this Bagassus who had been his regent while Mithridates wasn't at the best at the end of his life. Right, the, the uncle, right? Yeah, exactly. So he was doing reasonably well, and, you know, why not have him as a ruler after Phraates dies? But the problem is that we don't have any records of him under Phraates, and he probably died before Mithridates, otherwise he would have been the logical choice as a successor. Yeah. So the fact that he didn't succeed directly after Mithridates kind of hints that he was already dead, and so he can't be this mysterious intermediate king. Huh. Because he would have ruled instead of Phraates. Yeah, I mean, because he'd already been regent for like five years. He was an experienced oh, right, right. So same person general and rulers That was regent, okay. Yeah, so if he was still alive when Mithridates died, then he was the logical choice to continue ruling because he was already doing the job. He was competent. Instead of Phraates? Yeah, because Phraates was like, he needed a regent. So yeah. if Phraates was there with his mother as regent then why wasn't the uncle who had always been loyal to Mithridates and always done a good job the one who succeeded? Well, maybe Mithridates wanted his son to succeed. like to, yeah. yeah, that could be, but then it's weird that, well, why isn't he the regent now? Because, you know, again, he'd already been regent under Mithridates. Why not just continue on and guide the new king? Oh, I see, I see. So he was yeah. a regent for Mithridates? Yeah, after he ah. had a stroke or whatever it was. Oh, okay, okay, I see. We yeah, sure. all right, all right. So it's kind of weird that Mithridates would just bypass him and say, oh, no, Phraates, my inexperienced son, he should succeed me, not you, my loyal brother, who's done all this work while I was sick. So it could be that maybe he was just bypassed, who knows, but we don't hear anything from him. Maybe he just retired, who knows. But he wasn't in a place to rule. So one hypothesis says that, oh no, it's actually Bagassus who now, after Frati's death, is becoming king for a little bit, and then we have another ruler. Mm-hmm. An alternative explanation is that there was this uncle called... Mabel, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna do a limerick. Uh, we're, we're all good. <laughs> yes. So another alternative is that there was an uncle called Artabanus, and he was this intermediate ruler. And then when he died, his son was also called Artabanus and continued ruling on after him. Okay. So he's the second ruler. So the theory goes that Justin just squished these two kings together because they had the same name and he didn't really care. He was like, okay, yeah, an Artabanus and another Artabanus. It was probably the same Artabanus. It'll be fine. Nobody will care. It's fine. Nobody will know. Yeah, it's not like historians would like to know what's going on. No, 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 it's fine. So, based on what I've read, that feels like my favorite theory. So, like with Vodfredad's case, we're going to use that one and keep going with it. Also, this is where we get our first horrible, horrible Parthian numbering problems. I mean, I can already tell that, like, you know, we're having some issues. (laughs) Yeah, but now even just labeling is an issue because... Ah, fun. Because why would you make it... you count as Artabanus the first, and who's Artabanus the second? Because I count... What some people call Artabanus the first is Artabanus the first and second. So right. when we get our next one, is it Artabanus the third or Artabanus the second? So it's messy and it's uh, confusing. I feel like you brought this upon yourself too. I have. Like, yes. I, 
But there's also like ancient sources who say that, oh no, before Mithridates, there was another Artabanus. And so this guy's Artabanus II, even if he's one person, it's a whole thing. So if anybody's trying to look into Parthian rulers, just look up the dates together with the names because the numbers are very uninformative. <sighs> People have many different opinions. Just look up Artabanus, the one who succeeded in 127, that guy. And then you can just work through it somehow. Who might be the original Artabanus or might be his son. Yes, right? might that's... be one of the two. Who knows? That's our theory right now. Okay. Yes. So currently, just to recap all this mess, the theory we're going with is that Phraates II dies. The nobles elect Artabanus, his uncle. Artabanus I, his uncle, who is that intermediate ruler I mentioned earlier. And it's today's episode. Next week's episode is going to be the guy who was his son, but was merged into his father because of bad sources. Oh, okay. So we're going with the original Artabanus, Mithridates' yes. brother, who yes. was regent while Mithridates had a stroke. No, he wasn't the regent. We were assuming that the regent is dead, and this is just another, an extra brother. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> yes, there are a lot of people. I'm uh... sorry. I didn't I thought write the I history. I got it and I did not. I'm, <laughs> this is... God. I will put up a family tree. Yeah. Just so everybody can watch it. I'm if you're confused, cry. press the link and you'll find the family tree. Okay, so story time now. Let's Yay. go back to that bit. So, news comes to the royal court that, oh no, Ferrati's the second. Killed in battle against the Saka nomads. Who's going to be next? Right. Well, the nobility gets together, looks at the family tree, and says, Okay, Phraates had no children, or at least no adult children. If Mithridates had any other children, they were either too young or not capable enough. Hmm. Mithridates himself had a brother called Artabanus. He'd survived to a ripe old age. He probably knows how to do something. So, yeah. let's go with him. Okay. Also, because we don't have much else of a choice. And things... Also, presumably, he was a trusted enough person. Maybe he had some minor roles, maybe not regency, but a general yeah, or something like, like that. Yeah, because, like, the thing is, of course, the no like, not everyone chooses together. This is not, like, a democracy. Like, the nobility and the court and the king, usually the king, if he were still alive, would choose the successor. But it's also funny that they're like, oh, who else do we have here? Because it's like, you technically can't choose whoever. Like, that's the whole point of you, Parthians. That like I mean they could, but they need to choose somebody from the royal family. So okay, like they can't just choose Bob off the street and say, You, you're I king mean, now. Yeah, no, that wouldn't make much sense because Bob doesn't know how to rule, but you know, maybe yeah. a general or a, I don't know. Yeah. I mean that's also what the dynasty does. The dynasty gives members of the family important jobs so that if they were to succeed, they know how to do the yeah. job. So yeah. So the nobility looks around and thinks Artabanus is skilled enough to deal with this crisis situation that we have. Is he? Because we'll find out. We'll, we'll see. Because we have nomads in the east. Mesopotamia is collapsing in the west. This short-lived Parthian empire might just destroy Not, itself yeah. before it has, has a time to do anything. Everyone was so scared of the Parthians and now we are in so much trouble. Yes, it's not so easy ruling an empire, is it? You wanted this? Well? <laughs> yeah, especially starting up, you need to have, like, a good long raid where everything is nice and chill, but 
they haven't had that yet. Mithridates took over Iran relatively late in his reign. We're still not very far. It's been, been 20 years since Mithridates entered the heart of Iran, and it's been 10 years since they've had Persia. Yeah, that's nothing. So things are still very shaky. Of course. But yeah, so what do you think Artabanus does now? Better face the threat in the west or in the east? Frates died in the east fighting yeah. the nomads. But where are most of our enemies? Like, where are we most vulnerable if it were to break our frontiers? Well, the idea is that if the nomads break through your frontier, then they will go into the soft underbelly of Iran that's unprotected. And yes, Iran is kind of mountainous, so that usually stops nomads. That's because mm, nobody wants somewhat. to go through there. Yeah, also with horses, it's a mess. Yeah. But the problem is that if they do get through, then you have a lot of vassal kingdoms in Iran that could just switch sides and betray you. Right. In the West, if they also break through, they will take your vassal kingdoms as well. But in the West, they have the fact that they have a nice defensible barrier, so they're probably going to want to consolidate their resources as opposed to just invading more. They're going to want to make sure Mesopotamia is theirs and safe. Then... I guess the East sounds more, like, problematic at the moment. Of course, not only because the king was just killed there, like, that is a huge thing. I acknowledge that. But, you know, the king also went there with the Greek soldiers because he didn't trust them. Yes, and he was right not to. <laughs> yeah. So Artabanus does follow your advice. It sounds more pressing, you know, like the more pressing matter. At the moment. Yeah, you don't want to be absolutely decimated. And also there's this massive pressure of nomads on the borders. You want to consolidate those. So Artabanus goes off to the east with some men. And he's carrying large chests full of gold. Ah, we're the using the, the, the gold strategy, I see. Yes. The I will pay you, please stop. Yes, he goes to the Saka chieftains and says, Hey... We have a lot going on right now. Is it okay if I give you, like, a lot of money to please go and bother someone else now? Thank you. That would be great. Love that. And, well, the Sokka decides, oh, great, we get to have all the money from raids, but we don't have to actually raid anything? Mm -hmm. That's great! That's mm -hmm. why we were here in the first place. Thank you. So they take all their big pile of cash and go back into the steppe to raid Bactria and mess them up intensely, but at oh. least they're not dealing with the Parthians, so that's nice. So, tick in the win column for Artabanus. I'm sure the Bactrians are very happy that we did that. <laughs> well, you know. Next time, they'll be absorbed into our empire and not just be semi-vassals. <laughs> so, okay, great news. Artabanus has... He hasn't defeated one of our enemies, but he's at least put them on hold for a while. So we can deal with everything else being on fire. So he decides to head over to the west and deal with Mesopotamia. Yeah, so he hears from the west that what's happened is that this kingdom of Karakine had invaded Mesopotamia and taken Babylon. And not only that, but Babylon had opened its gates to them huh? because the Parthian governor, a man called Himerus, had been abusing the local population and not really respecting the whole friend of the Greeks thing. Yeah. And so everybody was like, well, this wasn't the deal we made. We're going with this other guy. Okay, but we've been talking about Karakine for a while, but we yeah. haven't really 
seen who they are. Yeah, tell me. So let's elaborate on that a little more. The Kingdom of Katakina is very recent. It's basically a satrapy of the Seleucid Empire. Okay. Who, under a man called Hispausines, decided to just become independent when they saw the Seleucid Empire was sinking. <laughs> Bye, guys. Yes, because Hispausines, or Hispi, Hispi. for short, <laughs> decided that, well... He was made satrap under Antiochus IV when everything was looking good-ish. But now that the Empire's losing authority, Demetrius was captured, might as well try it out on his own, especially since Iran was just fragmenting. Right. Well, he's realized that whoever manages to win this power struggle becomes the new power in the area and becomes the new ruler. So might as well go for it. Now, why remain loyal to a king that's distant and only cares about Syria when you could actually become that important person? So at the beginning, when we had Demetrius II's expedition, Hispi was going with Demetrius in exchange for independence to try and at least beat back the Parthians and make sure they are not going to become the new heads of the East. Mm -hmm. But as we saw, Demetrius fails, and... The kingdom of Karakine remains relatively semi-aligned. Like, they're sort of paying lip service to the Parthians. They're not really submitting as vassals, but they're not being their enemies. They're just waiting to see what happens. Yeah. And in the meantime, what happens is that Hispi tries to send ambassadors around to the local kingdoms, to Elamis, to Persia, other smaller ones we haven't mentioned. And we won't mention, apparently... So, we won't mention because they're not important and we don't have sources, so sorry. <laughs> if they become important, they will be mentioned, but not yet. So yeah, so Hispi tries to tell everybody, listen, if you side with me, we can kick out the Parthians. And, and if we kick out the Parthians, riches. Yeah, we can all become more independent. And, you know, everybody has their fingers crossed behind their back saying, yeah, as soon as the Parthians are gone, I'm going to get you. But yeah. for now... <laughs> They're thinking, yes, let's all join together. Including Hispi making this trade, you know. I mean, Hispi is definitely saying, oh, as soon as we kick out the Parthians, I'm going to take over all of you. Nobody is to be trusted here, but everybody say, oh, yeah, definitely. Let's fight the Parthians. They're the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, the Parthians. Mm -hmm. We're all going to be nice and friendly to each other, aren't we? Mm Mm-hmm. So there we go. And then we get to the raid of Phraates II. Antiochus VII's expedition fails. This is the Seleucids, right? Yes, just during the last reign, Still they almost got it over back. there. Yeah, they doing almost something. made it, but no. And at this point, Hispi sees that Mesopotamia is poorly garrisoned because the Parthians just retook it from mm. Antiochus. And Phraates is going off to the east to fight the nomads, so might as well go for it. So Hispi goes off into Mesopotamia... And manages to take it over, conquer Babylon, make himself the ruler of this extremely rich area, which makes him a key player in the whole Near East. Right. So proud of it is he that he has coins minted in Seleucia the Tigris, proclaiming his kingship, saying, Look at me, I'm Hispi. I did it. I'm I'm now going to rule forever. Yes. I'm so sorry, but this is going to be his name. There's no way I'm going to remember any other name but Hispi. No, I don't think anybody else remembers any other name. Hispi it is. (laughs) So yeah, so Hispi tries to consolidate his lands, but 
After a while, just before Frati's death, Frati's army arrives to try and retake the lands. And they manage to sort of retake Babylon, and Hispia is a little bit on the back foot, and he has to try and uh, rebuild what he has and figure out how to deal with everything. And this is where our Tabinus comes into the story. Because he sees that, okay, Iran, the eastern border, sort of stable. Iran itself, all the semi-independent kings are just waiting for him to show weakness to rebel and try and take the fight to him. So he needs to really make sure he clamps down on Hispi. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that Artabanus takes his whole army, he takes all those left of the Parthian army and slams all of it into the kingdom of Karakine. So he goes over there. Hispi had retaken Babylon briefly, but Artabanus manages to retake Babylon and make it Parthian again in 126. And in celebration of his victory, he overstrikes the coins that Hispi had minted in Seleucia. So he basically takes Hispi's coins and just stamps his own face on them. So it's now in Artabanus' face saying, Haha, I have mm. Babylon now. And they just scratch out the name. It's very nice. <laughs> very fancy stuff being going on. That's not petty at all. Nah, it's fine. They want to prove that no, we can hold on to our cities. No, seriously, guys, please come back. We won't mistreat you this time. It was that one guy. And of course, friend of the Greeks on the coins. Because, yes, please, don't rebel. We need you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Artabanus has now reconquered Mesopotamia. He's stabilized the eastern border. What do you think he does next? Okay, I mean, we're doing well, I think, right? Well-ish, I mean, you know. Everything is just held together. It's very... Carefully put there. Don't touch anything. Yeah. Or it'll break. Just nobody breathes. House of cards situation. Just like everything is fine. Just don't (laughs) breathe on it. Yes. Well, I guess either we keep trying to consolidate things a bit better or we go to like fix some other problems that we have. Well, our Tabinus takes the third option, which in this situation, probably a good option. He decides to die of old age. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, sure, that's like one way to get out of it. Because he was a brother of Mithridates, the first who had died of old age himself, so he's probably a pretty old man by this point. You know, we don't know exactly, but 70s or 80s is a reasonable estimate, so the poor man managed to just put everything in order and said, okay... That's it. I'm not going to touch anything else. It's not my responsibility. My son Artabanus, you take over now. We'll be fused together in later histories. Have fun. All right, well. So there we go. That is the end of Artabanus I's life. And we'll cover Artabanus II next time, who is either his son or him. And actually, he wasn't that old. and He just got a makeover that made the coins look weird. So... There we go. Thoughts, Serial. I'm still confused as to who this is supposed to be. Everyone is, Serial. Yeah, I know. Even professional historians are. Well, so it's probably makes me feel fine a bit less bad. Too. Yes. I think this was... Okay? <laughs> like, do we just yeah. not have many sources? Or like... Yeah, we don't really... I mean, This was also things. very short. So. Yeah, it's not a very long period. And we don't have many sources. Uh, We're going to get into the so-called Parthian Dark Age in a while, where we have even less sources. Oh, fun. Great. Yeah. Excellent. If you thought this was too clear, 
Have I fun thought soon. we were in the dark age already, so I'm, you know, kind Ew. of uh, not. I no, Serial, you're too optimistic. I'm crying. <laughs> I wanted to see a good and prospering empire and be like, oh my god, these people did amazing things, and instead we're just like going from hand to hand, and which I know this is not that kind of podcast. We are rating the rulers and not rating the empire. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a part of me is like, I just want to know about the culture and what the people were doing. Because I'm sure it was a very interesting part of human history. But Yes. <sighs> I mean, if the timing works out, our anniversary episode is going to make you happy. So oh. okay, let's well, see how that goes. That's relatively soon. So I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for now, we're stuck with, ooh, this coin looks a bit weird. Probably a different yeah. guy, I guess. Oh, God. Okay. Well, uh, this was a bit sad, mostly because we tried to fix some things. We fixed some things, but it feels like it's not fixed enough so that it will last. So... Yeah, we uh, need a strong second Mithridates to just finishing, reform yeah, everything, just like, make sure it works, finish the job. Pour glue all over it so it actually stays. <laughs> yeah, because Mithridates the first just died too soon. If he had lived longer, he would have been able to make a nice job, fix yeah. stuff, but alas. It happens. But, all right, so are you ready to rate Artabans the first serial? I guess so. Let's do it. Nice. Okay, so our first category is final moments. How interesting was his death? Dying of old age when everything was just I mean, stable enough. comedic timing, I guess. <laughs> I like that. I like that it's just... What are we going to do now? Whatever we touch my break. Let's just die. Good. Done. Yeah. Honestly, I want to give it one point for comedic timing. Because it made... It, I, I found it funny. But apart from that, it... You know, props on him for dying of old age. Yeah. Not many rulers do. But he also started, like, really late. So... Yeah, I mean, he started, you know, a few years before his death. That's yeah. not great. Well, not like he knew, but, you know. Yeah, sure. I think I'm going to go for two. One for the old age, one for the comedic timing. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. You're yeah. sticking with one? No, no, I'll go for two. That makes two sense well? to me, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So with a two and a two, that gives us a two out of ten for final moments. Next category is battle hardness. How good was he at war and fighting? Uh, d- decent? I don't know. He did an okay job. You know, he didn't fight the Sokka. He just gave him money. Yeah, eh. and I mean that is diplomacy is, is will gain your uh, borders it's not too, fighting. but it's not yeah it's not what we're looking yeah. for here, and and then he managed to defeat Hispi and kick him out of Babylon. Yeah. Hispi still has his own kingdom. He isn't conquered. He's still he still be around for a while, but ah uh, Hispi. Uh yeah, Artabanus. He managed to defeat him. Retake Mesopotamia. That was nice. My brain not terribly impressed. Artagan. <laughs> yes. Slightly different dude. Only slightly. But yeah, so I think it's it's worth something, but also it's not that Hispi had consolidated Babylon. He'd just taken it for a few months and then had to leave. So mm. no, it's not a terribly difficult campaign. You can even question how much Hispi actually had Mesopotamia mm. and how much it was just like an extended raid that he was trying to keep going. Yeah. But he did do it, so I'm floating around a couple points. But I give two points to Antiochus the second, or Artaxerxes the second. 
Yeah, I think that's fair, honestly. I'm, I'm going to go two, two points, one for the east and one for the other thing that he did that I forgot. Mesopotamia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That feels fair to me. That works. So, all right, then a two and a two gives us a four out of 20 for battle hardness. Next category is scheminess. How good was he at plots and manipulation? Was he? <laughs> he got elected. That's it. <laughs> that was the only vaguely schemey thing he might Not have really done. Schemey. Like, I think yeah. he just deserved it. And people yeah. were like, yeah, you're our best bet here. Yeah. No, zero. Yeah. Also, in the elections, probably, you're our best bet. Also, let's be realistic. We're not going to have to deal with you for 20 years. Yeah. You'll do for the time. So, yeah, zero scheminess seems pretty in order. So, zero and a zero is a zero out of 20 for scheminess. Next category is shock factor. How shocking was this man? Again. Eh? The only very vague thing you could do is he didn't avenge his nephew's death. He just said, yeah, just take our money and leave. But, I mean, eh. I don't think you can fault him. I think that everything was wrong. I think he did the best he could with the situation. You know, what are you going to do? I'm going to go for zero and shock factor. Me too. Very good. So Zero and zero. Zero out of 20 for shock factor. Our next category is Aaron Shine. How good was he for the Empire overall, and Iran in particular? He made it slightly better. Yeah. When he got the Empire, Mesopotamia was gone. Nomads were rampaging through the east. He put a band-aid on it. That's the whole thing. I don't think it's going to last, but, like, he improved it. Yeah, as of right now. definitely doing better. He managed to keep the Nomads away for a while, retake Mesopotamia, which... Gives us a lot of money, and we need that money to fight the nomads and the people trying to invade Mesopotamia. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, patched things up, didn't really reform anything. He didn't make any structural changes to make sure it's stable for longer, but he did what he could. <laughs> you know, I think that the Empire is better off under him. It's not much better off, but I think it fits. I'm wondering what to give, because normally I would say that 5 is keeping everything stable, and a 6 is slightly improving. But also, it's such a tenuous improvement. Yeah. I'm wondering... You also know if it lasts or not, which... Uh, I mean, you know, the Empire continues to exist for a while longer, so... He hasn't but I'm do, saying this like, should not somebody... cloud your judgment for this. Like, no, no, so no, of course not. From my perspective, I'm like, okay, it was some improvement. Not much at all, but it went from nothing to slightly better. So I would go for a six. But you can go for a five if you want, a and then six. we can, like... I mean, my problem with a six is that it's mostly just comparing the scale of achievement with previous kings. Like, yeah. Cambyses got a six. And Antiochus the first got why, a six. Well, you said that a six was for, like, improving the empire, right? I mean, that's my general judgment. Mm. Then things get also a bit messy if you're looking at a short-lived king. Yeah. Where it's like... Eh. Like, you know, Bardia kept everything stable, yeah. but it's not like we gave him a five. I, I'm gonna go with a four, because I feel like it's improving, but it's sort of... Yeah. 
losing because of the length of his reign. I will go for a five then. A okay, six seemed a fair. bit too much for me. That. I was following your standard, but obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he gets a four and a five, like Diaki's actually, mm. which gives him a nine out of 20 for Eren Shine. Our next category is Face of Faces. What do you think this man looked like? I will need a second. Yes, you do. Okay, so Serial has finished their drawing. It is done now. Let me pick it up so I'll tell you all about it. Enjoy. <laughs> nice. So what we have in this wonderful drawing is a very old man. He has... Long beard, long hair, presumably white with age. Mm -hmm. The beard joins up with his eyebrows. He is a very hirsute fellow. Listen, I just thought it would be <laughs> funny character design. Just let me be. It is a good uh, character design. Almost looks like glasses, which is fun. And yeah, so he has a diadem and he's sitting at a table and he's surrounded by fire. And in his hand, he has a glass where he's poured some water on a table, but all around him, it's on fire, and he is saying, this is fine. I'm okay with the things that are currently happening. So, yeah, well, you know, thank I'm, you, Sarah. Again, once again, pulling from the wonderful archive of the internet shared <laughs> consciousness. Yes. And this and is very much what he's trying to do. He's basically doing his best. He is solving the tiny little problems he can so far. But everything is still on fire, so, well, yeah. good luck to his son slash him in the future. Right. <laughs> One person? Two people? We don't know. Who knows? Yeah, so, listeners, to find this beautiful portrait, please go on our website, Serial's Portrait Gallery, or you can just press the link in the description of the episode and get to all your tabinous stuff, including the family tree I mentioned. <laughs> Okay, so now, Serial, I will show you what he maybe actually looked like, or what the ruler looked like, and you can tell me what you think. So here he ah, is. Actually, not that far off, I guess. <laughs> Less eyebrows, but yes. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, I went for... Just let me be. <laughs> but this is a fellow with a long beard, kind of like wavy beard. You know, not like super yeah. curly, but just like wavy and pointy. Strong wizard vibes. Yeah, yeah, very much. <laughs> and the usual haircut of like straight wavy hair that is cut in like a diagonal from your forehead to like the end of your neck. It has some layers, which I appreciate that we're able to see. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure this haircut has a name nowadays. I can't. I think it's a mullet. I it's think not. This it's fellow not, has a. Uh, I think it's a mullet. It's a mullet, but it has no, like, none of the style of the mullets in the 80s. Like, I it is see. shorter on it's the front and then longer in the back, but it's not, like, what I would think of when someone tells me a mullet, you know? Okay, fair enough. So, I, I, mullet adjacent, I it's guess. It's a legally distinct mullet. Yeah, and he's wearing a diadem, as per usual, and his eyes are big and his nose is, like, slightly hooked. And, yeah, I like the wizard vibes. Yeah, I think it's a strong beard. I was going to go for a mm. four, but I think the beard saves yeah. it and gives me a five. Yeah, it's like, I eh, agree. That's nice. I, agree. I will join you out. there. 
Thank you. So with a 5 and a 5, we get a 2.5 out of 5 for Face of Faces. Our next category is lengthiness. How long do you think this man reigned? Like six months. I don't know. <laughs> a year? That's possible. I mean, all we have is like roughly a year because, again, the end of his reign is based on coins. So what I'm going with is from 127 to 126, I'm going rounding up to a year or rounding to a year, whether it's okay. up or down, who knows which gives us a 0.1 out of 5 for lengthiness. And that brings us to the final score, which is to say a total of 17.6 out of 100 points, which places him under Sogdianus and above Seleucus II. Hmm. Remember Seleucus II, the guy who also had everything on fire? I think they belong close together. <laughs> Although, to be fair, Seleucus did have a lot more time to deal with it. And Artabanus had, like, a year to try and do everything as a very old man. So I think it's impressive enough. Which leads us to the final question, which is to say, is he running around enough? Is he pouring water on small problems enough? Is he an old enough man to be called a Shahan Shah, or is he just a Shahan Nah? Yeah, I mean, we don't know if he's him. I think a Nah is pretty standard. I don't think anybody will be surprised or disappointed if we say that. Sorry, Artabanus, you're a Shahana. You can go off in the desert and tell Frates the second that you kind of stopped the nomads, you did your best, and now you've just checked out and you're here to enjoy whatever everyone in the desert's doing right now. Okay. So there we go. That is the end of today's episode. We hope you'll join us next time for Artabanus II, where we get to see the rest of the story. Does this carefully built house of cards collapse immediately, or are we going to have something nice to look forward to? Who knows? It's going to be a ride until we finally become stable one day in the future, maybe. Who knows? Also, if you've enjoyed the episode so far and you'd like us to know that you've enjoyed it, then please write us a review on whatever your podcast app of choice is. It helps other people find the podcast, and we appreciate it. So, yeah, without further ado, I guess, we can uh, wish you a good week, and see you next time. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.